It's Kuzakas time. It's the festive season once more. So in this time of gift giving, we've decided to gift back to all of you beautiful listeners for our nearly 100 episodes by picking a series recommended by one of you. Right here on that time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends. And actually, most of them are trash, but some of them weren't, a.k.a. The Trash Manga Friends Podcast, episode 99. Easygoing territory defense by the optimistic lord. Trash manga magic turns a nameless village into the strongest fortified city. And don't forget, use the code Bean Maguka is suffering to go buy your tying Godzilla only while stocks last. At 99 shows, you know, I hope you know what this is all about by now. Three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga, discussing what's a cutie honey and what's clear card arc. I am your forever host, card captor Sean Cora, joined by Puella Maggi Madoka Mikika and Sailor Moon Philstall. How are you both? It's weird that I understood those references. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to pass them. I understood them. I'm trying to pass the mashup names. What did you find wrong with them? I got them straight away. I found nothing wrong with them. It's just <laughs> trying to pick them apart in my head. Okay, so there's this genre called Magical Girl. Right, right. Why would Against we talk my best about wishes, that? yes. I don't know. Why would we talk about that? We haven't done it before now. That would be crazy. Exactly. That's actually true. Fun. That's surprising. It, yeah, this is... Uh... Uh, it, it's not surprising because I pick 90% of what we do and I don't read much Magical and Girl. And Phil but... hates women. Oh, so... wow. <laughs> See, I was going to go with and Phil's a degenerate, so it's surprising he hasn't picked one of these yet but i mean yeah so all the magical girl stuff i read we can't review on this show <laughs> it'd be far too wholesome and upbeat can you imagine phil reading pretty cure can you imagine mike getting that reference yeah i didn't get that one yeah yeah i mean i could read pretty cure will you probably not i could <laughs> phil will be like oh i read isekai that's i mean there's magic there's girls what there, more has, you want? To, exactly. there has to be a magical girl isekai that I mean, has. yeah, uh, any isekai where yeah. the girl reincarnates. Well, no, that doesn't count. You know what I mean by magical girl in that context. There, there probably is. Like, that time I reincarnated as a Sailor Moon. You know, like, it, it must, it must exist. As a Sailor Moon. Yeah, like, one of those things, you know? I'm an expert. <laughs> I'm on the... Primo boomer energy right there. I'm on a manga podcast. <laughs> you are. That's gone for 99 episodes. You want one of them Nintendos? <laughs> one of them Japanimations? Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, you know, we, we are recording this a few, mu- few months, a few days into November, so okay, no, you know, not, Mariah Carey has been unleashed on us. So <laughs> it is technically the Christmas season. Literally. I'm Does pretty this count? Sure midnight her time. Just tweeted like it's time. It's like, no. <laughs> oh, I love that. Just definitely like here we go. She's unleashed. Yeah, aware of the meme, I guess. But I, I, it does November really count as the festive season? Like, granted, this is going to come out a little bit after we've recorded this. But at the time of recording, <laughs> is that going to come out at Christmas time, Mike? <laughs> yeah, but at the time of recording, it's like early November. Like that doesn't count, surely. I you tell that to retail. I would love to, but they stopped taking my calls. <laughs> Halloween is gone, and most of them aren't really that bothered about Guy Fawkes, so uh, Christmas. Uh, yeah, like the Christmas stuff, at least in this country, does start creeping onto the shelves early September. Like yeah. Usually it's on like the top shelves. So we, it's we, don't like, have, uh, we don't have Thanksgiving really in between. So. Okay, so now that we've... Now that we, happy Christmas. Um, now that we've <laughs> injected our festive cheer into this, are we ready to discuss Magical Girls in our 99th episode? 
So I like thinking about this. I actually have more of a more of a background of magical girls than I'd, I would expect. Like I've watched a lot of card captors. I watch a lot of Sailor Moon. Uh-huh. Like it, it's surprising how much I have had. When I would not definitely not say this is a this is a thing I would be interested uh, in most of the time. Mike, yes. all I'm gonna say here is name another magical girl you've watched. <laughs> See, I know I've watched a few others, but n- uh, I can't think of them right now. Have you now. watched Madoka? I have not, but I intend to. Uh, kill a kill? Kill a kill, I have, yes. I, kill a I, not Yeah, I don't know if that counts. Kill a kill is a magical girl show. No. It's a, no, no, it is. It is. It, it is straight up a magical It's not friendship magical girl, but it, it's magical. You may as well call Panty and Stocking magical girl at that point. I've seen that, yeah. That counts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Insane. They have a magical girl transformation sequence. So do a lot of shows. Mike. Kevin Ryder has a magical girl transformation sequence. Are you gonna call I've seen that? that. Yeah, I've seen that. There you go. There's another one. I'll just say any show that has a transformation and a girl is magical girl. Transformers. Like there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get into this now. So, however, we have never done one on this show. So, we have for not. the first time ever, as recommended by one of our dear listeners, we have read Machi Maho. I messed up and made the wrong person into a magical girl, aka Machigata Kowamaho Shoujo Nishitishimata. This is a magical girl comedy manga that's been running since October 2016, so 12 volumes out currently in Japan. Written and drawn by Soryo, who's done a bunch of manga and light novels. Uh, the most popular ones I could see by them that weren't this were transferred to the Gyaro Academy and Koio Nagani. Those are his most popular other works. And this one uh, is licensed. You can pick up Matching Maho from 70s Entertainment. There are 11 volumes out now. The 12th will be coming out next year. But what is this all about? What has one of our dear listeners subjected us to? Tell us, Phil, all about Matching Maho. Machi Maho is about our lovely main character, Kayo Majiba, who is... Let's go with a bit of a delinquent, a Yankee archetype of sorts. Walks around smoking, beating people up, doing all the things you would typically never associate a magical girl with. So naturally, she becomes a magical girl on a quest to defeat all the monsters running around that are attracted to the negative energy in the universe. Mike, I've got to say, I feel your Discord name is on point for this one. (laughs) I uh, yeah behind the scenes thing for us here we as a joke change our discord names every week to usually be some sort of joke or pun on based on our names or something I called myself a one punch ma'am yes our magical girl gets magical girl powers which she really does not need because she just one punches everything like literally these giant shadow demons which we're told are ridiculously powerful to the point of they can massacre everything within oh, they, the they keep, alone. Like, it's, it's irrelevant, but then you keep going, oh my god, it's like a level 99! And then one just punch. punch them to death. One punches <laughs> everything to death. In a very angry way. Without transforming either. Without usually. transforming. Look, Matt, when, when you play video games, you learn stuff. And <laughs> Yes, you learn to fight from video games. <laughs> There's a lot about this I do like. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll say that up front. It's, uh, it, uh... It is, it's definitely a parody series. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't like a no. I feel like maybe towards the end it started to move towards a plot, but definitely for these first volume, volume and a half, it's uh, very much not taking itself seriously. No, like there's whole arcs about how she doesn't really care. She just likes punching things to death. 
Oh, that is, that is her driving factor. And then, like, especially when they're like, oh, man, you mean that's someone I can punch more than once? Oh, my God. Yes, I can <laughs> take out all my anger and frustration. It's she, yeah, how she, she really is one punch, man. Yeah? She's very aggressive. And sm- oh, she loves smoking. Oh, man, yeah. Every delinquent stereotype you can imagine, she pretty much absorbs them all. Does to the nth degree, yes. <laughs> she doesn't drink. Okay. That's about all I can say. I mean, yeah, you're probably that, right. I feel she, would she be illegal. Is smoking legal, though? I was going to say, but uh, we don't know her age. I, I'm, I'm going to go with... 16, I think. Yeah, I would assume 16. I, I would also assume 16. I don't think it's legal to smoke at 16 in Japan. Well, she has to be presumably underage, considering there's one of my favourite lines from the thing is when the side character says, like, oh man, yeah, 25 years old and ready to be arrested. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, pretty much the other. I don't want to say other main character or side character, like minion. The not- yes, her minion. <laughs> her minion, the yes. Guy who ends up becoming her dog, I guess, slave. <laughs> yeah, minion. Simp, yes. Is, you know, delinquent at a different school, you know, big boss. And we found out he is so goddamn dumb, he's been held back until he's 25. <laughs> yes. He's a 25-year-old in the third year of high school because he keeps getting held back. I couldn't tell if that was more meant to be like a joke or something to explain why he was around school rather than he's actually been held back because he's got a day job as well. Yeah, I assume it was a joke because I assumed it was just a play on because he looks really old by comparison. But no, he actually does have a job. Does he look old? Well, he looks older, I should guess. I should just say, like, older than her. I I mean, sure, but, you know. When he's wearing his pompadour wig. He does wear a giant pompadour wig, yes. I I love a good pompadour, I can't. Yeah, yes, he's wearing a giant pompadour, and then a few chapters later, he's like, cool, let's go to work. And he takes his wig off, and he's like, wait, that was a wig? (laughs) And he transforms into this delinquent boy, into, like, this little, this bishy boy, (laughs) immediately after. Like, super handsome Girls fawn over him, yeah. yeah. Like, oh my god, he's so cute. Oh. <laughs> Things dumb. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think at any point, Mike, it's trying to be smart. No, no I'll give you that. It's, it, it is, it, it's, it's smart dumb. <laughs> it's dumb, <laughs> dumb smart. Uh, which way around that should go, but it's like clever in so much as it's not trying to be, and it knows exactly what it's doing. So it does everything it's intending to do, but the things it's intending to do are really dumb. So you can't really rag on it for that because they achieve their goals. That's the yeah, it, it it does have like the setup, especially from the mascot characters who love to speak and they're like, oh no, yeah, it's all about defeating these monsters who feast on negative energy so we can save the world. Except it's not really about that because she beats them all in two seconds. So Yes. Without magical powers. Yeah, it's very much instead, at least for the first volume, very much about our uh, lead girl KO until volume two when the rival character gets more introduced but i i also kind of like the shtick of the of like the whole magical girl setup here because she gets this uh in the first chapter she gets this mascot character which is like uh oh, the flying thing from card captor sakura it's like the mascot Sarah character Rose. from every magical girl series yes but like it, it's like a, it's a small cat called meow which is dumb but again meant to be and they turn up being chased by this uh huge monster and we find out that the reason why monsters keep congregating around this this girl this main character is because they feed on negative energy and she's like the most negative thing in the whole universe well, that's the thing isn't it we, we get like a chapter where 
the mascot goes off to his home planet mm-hmm. to have a meeting with all the other mascots because apparently there was a decision that they would all split, spread out across the universe. Mm-hmm. They would find the magical girls and they would all fight these monsters because they're spread out throughout the universe. It's like, guys, are you all experiencing this huge increase and in really strong bad guys? And I'm like, no, we've not had any. <laughs> He's like, you fucking what? He's like, oh yeah, your girl's attracting them all. So uh, we're all going on vacation. Bye. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. Let's know what happens. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh. It's funny. I, it's clearly meant to be funny as well. I kind of, I kind of love this manga. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's definitely something that knows not to take itself any level of serious. It's really not, which is odd when it does start to kick in a bit more serious towards the end point of what we read. I mean, the very, the very back half of volume two, yeah, it discovers a plot. Yeah, and th- at that point, it's like, okay, we're gonna, we've had our fun, we're gonna point, put down the rules. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> like, okay, we're gonna stop being weird and fun. We're just gonna, here's the rules, here's the thing oh, we're I don't fighting. Think it's Let's gonna do stop. That. I don't think it's gonna stop doing that because even when no, you start to know, go into that, it transitions more from the lead girl beating up everything to the lead girl beating up the elemental girls, going, like, why are you so shit? I just love the concept of. It's a magical girl, which is meant to be light, fluffy, happy, almost wholesome. And it's just like magical girl who smokes, is angry all the time, just beats things to death in very graphic fashion. It's great because <laughs> it's such a juxtaposition. It's amazing. I should say, I, don't, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure this isn't the first series that's gone down the dark magical girl path. So to speak. It's the first one I've seen. Yeah, no, I'm not denying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not denying that. I'm just saying this. It definitely isn't like the originator of this kind of stuff, but yeah, it's definitely likes to parody magical girls and finds a fun ways to like poke fun at the various stuff, like magic limitations of being like, oh man, yeah, you can abuse transformations through your hair, but it won't get you less get dressed. That's fucking lame. There's also a fair amount of meta humor around the transformation sequences as well. Like whenever she's in the privacy of her own home, she points out that oh, the transformation only takes one panel to do. Then I, I, I like and don't like that. Like I think it's fine to poke fun at that, but uh, yeah, it is just wildly inconsistent of like how long these things take. It's like, uh... But I think that's the joke, right? Because even in the first time she actually does transform, because she does eventually. Well, no, the first time she transforms, they do the transformation, and then they're like, oh no, she's naked. I'm like, but I've already seen her with the clothes on, so she's already transformed. What are you talking about? Well, the first time they transform, they the things that she's fighting literally just sit there and wait while they're doing it. It's a classic bit. But then they just sit there with gigantic censored erections as well because she's full-on naked in front of them. It's like, oh, God, come on, guys, please. Stop. Hey, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fan service in this. In fact, oh, no, this thing, no, that's the wrong way of phrasing it. <laughs> there... It uh, has, much like Panty and Stocking, the very cavalier attitude to that. So there's like a lot of panty, like a lot of panty yeah. shots. Like but every it's other not frame, really yeah. done for titillation or anything. It's just that's the way it's drawn. Yeah, like when you said that this was a suggestion from a viewer, that yeah, that makes sense. I imagine the people who listen to this show are absolute <laughs> degenerates. So it makes sense that they would suggest something which is so fucking horny that they don't even think about how horny they are. They just get on with it. <laughs> I am not going to insult the listeners. Thank you very much. I, d- oh, I like how like casually violent this thing is as well. <laughs> oh, it's hyper-violent, yeah. But like in a really casual way. 
Like, it doesn't even think about it, it just does it. Yeah, I mean, it, buildings will be destroyed, innocent bystanders will be slaughtered, and demons will just be one-punched out of existence. The GA just continues to not really give a fuck. Mascots and minions will just have their head thrust through the walls. I mean, oh, yeah. they yeah. are all little shits, so yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, they yeah. The sheer amount of just, like, casual violence and abuse that happens to the sidekick to the like, story. Don't, don't get me wrong, I... I don't think this Teo is really points at one good... point when after she's first been made into one, she never talked to this thing. She did not give consent. She did not ask for this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Forced into this okay. against her will. All correct. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to say there is a single good character in this in the sense of like. Oh, no one is good. Like, let's be good. like the closest <laughs> thing is the rival, and she is very quickly corrupted. So, uh, but yeah, like the the mascot and the minion don't deserve. The sheer abuse they're getting. <laughs> like, th- there is not a single chapter where one of them doesn't get their face caved in for no reason. Well, it's always reason. the guy mascot because she gets on well. Like, that's another yes. one of the jokes that because after the magical council of mascots, the girl one decides to tag along and uh, gets along well with Kaya. Like, it always just basically enables her. <laughs> yes. Yeah, knows, she knows very much how to uh, manipulate our main characters. Like, oh, why don't you go? beat up this demon you can punch it mm. it's like oh man i can punch something let's go it's like yeah that's and it's really all it takes in the same scene where the first the male mascot says don't smoke through your nose for some reason i forget why and then the other one says hey a cigarette's that great cool <laughs> smoking is cool like oh no i mean she has an entire closet of the damn thing so, she does know. of a now discontinued brand of cigarettes yeah which the implication was the discontinued because she, her dad bought them all for her. I, I I don't think that was the implication. That's the implication I got. No, I mean they they just say they discontinued and her dad bought a lifetime supply. <laughs> yes, and goddamn does she need one because she loves the smoke. She is she like, it. it is all like some people are addicted to smoking. I feel like this it, this one it's like it's a catheter tube for her. I, <laughs> Yeah, like I, it, it feels like um, it's one step beyond addiction. Like if she can't, yeah, function without it. She's addicted to smoking, like some people are addicted to crack. <laughs> yes, like it's just a normal part of life, and if they can't get it, then you better get out of the fucking way. Yeah, just frequently gets mad because people won't light her cigarette. There's a scene in school where she's just having going through massive withdrawal, and then you know gets a piece of chalk slammed into her mouth and goes, "Yeah, wait a minute." <laughs> and, I mean, we have a flashback where she's talking to like the junior cancer president of the school. It's just literally like one of the few times where she doesn't have her usual rage. Where she's like, "Please, just let me smoke." <laughs> yep. Just let me be. It's like, I mean, if she didn't have a lifetime supply of them already, just imagine how quickly she would have bankrupted herself on just the sheer amount. I mean, she well, smoked. she wouldn't because she comes from a rich family, Mike. She does <laughs> come from a rich family. It's true, as we find that out later. Yeah, we we discover that she's from a, a rich household, uh, but conveniently the parents are around. Of Always course. Yeah. But, uh, but no, she doesn't live in a mansion. She lives in a pure white underground cellar. Like a bunker of sorts. With like an Alexa-style thing that she can just insult and it'll magically drop things out of nowhere. <laughs> but it's fine because her mum and dad built it and they are computer scientists, Sean, so don't you know? Ah, uh, yes. Computer scientists. That, that explains it all. 
See, no, it could explain some of it, like hidden rooms and stuff where her cigarettes are and her jacuzzi is and all that. I, I'm not surprised about that. It's more when it just starts throwing drinks and like space bubbling bed and like futons out of nowhere. I'm like, uh, wait, computer science, uh, computer science. Wait, 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 Phil, you're you're like a computer scientist, kind of. Sure, like, is, is your house not like this? I, I mean, yeah, Phil, where's Sean, my Sean, where's my magical drinks? Sean's here, so no, no, my my powers aren't that advanced. Ah, oh, fuck. That's okay. Suppose if there was two computer scientists in the house. <laughs> I never, I never get how yeah, I feel. About, I never get how I feel about that joke. Because on the one hand, yes, yeah. Because I mean, she and they also like at one point she says, "Oh no, it helps." Like, it's not like clear room, clear mind, but similar principle to that kind of thing. Of just like, you know what you want when there's nothing there. She said, "If you have nothing, it helps you realize what you want." Yeah, Something that's like that's that. it. Which is fine. On the other hand, it is because it's literally nothing. I'm like, no, what? You can't live like this. It doesn't really compute with what we've already learned. She, she doesn't care as long as she's got cigarettes. I... That's, that's the the single male living alone meme, isn't it? Of like <laughs> just, a single man living alone floor. will have like a mattress on the floor, a table, a TV, a, and a games console. They may not even have a chair. <laughs> like, but she doesn't even have half of those. <laughs> I know. But that's what it reminded me of. It's like the the joke is like uh, some people will hate how little it takes to for a single man living alone to be happy. I, it's like the simplicity in this, this girl. And if I was being callous, I'd be like, man, it's a pure white room because if it's pure white, you don't have to draw anything. I was thinking that. <laughs> I was absolutely thinking the that. The tight like... Kubo school of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Did they just not want to draw furniture? Is that what it is? And considering this is definitely a parody series, that's actually a legit line of thinking. <laughs> because that could absolutely be a parody on the whole um, Magical Girl thing being like pink and fluffy and cutesy all the time. And they even say, like, oh, shouldn't you have like a bunch more stuff? And they show a bunch of plush toys and stuff. But then like in a sort of a, in a thought yeah. bubble. And then, and then she's got literally nothing. It's a complete juxtaposition. Of the light, cute, and fluffy thing. <laughs> if I'm being charitable to the uh, well, author and artist, I'll say it's because they spent presumably spent a lot of time doing the heavily shaded emphasis shots that show up in every chapter. So uh, probably don't want to do backgrounds as well on top of that. Oh man, if we're going to talk about art, well, can I actually say something I don't like in in this? Oh my god, yeah. Are we talking about art now? <laughs> we can talk about anything at any point, Mike. Because yes, it's the art I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Specific. Oh my god, what a I twist. am amazed because the art is the thing everyone online compliments, and I was looking at it going, it's not that great. Like, I, I think the yeah. art outside of fights is fine. fine. I do like I do like the 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 close-ups of her like facial expressions. The, the shaded shots. The yeah, like the ones where she's just like shots. Yeah, like she's like got the murderous the intent. shots are they're fine if you separate them from everything else. Yeah. They're fine if you put them in the 18 plus version. <laughs> <laughs> They're fine if you put them in the bubble of just them. When you start looking at them in the context of a fight, or for the few times where there is a fight that isn't just one punch, they just very much starts to blur together into a mess of shading lines. And like, I don't know. What's oh, I fucking hate the combat scenes. Like, there's one where the two magical girls, the next one that turns up later on, uh, the, the dark rival Nako Shusai. Yeah, like the the dark magical girl that shows up, which is ironically a juxtaposition because she's actually a lot lighter than the. She she is yeah. the she's an actual good girl. Yes, yeah. but she, but she her has powers the come evil from mascot. shadow powers. Yeah, exactly. That's yes. that's the joke, and I get that, and that's funny. 
But like the fight scenes that they have when they're just like throwing magical magic and stuff at each other, it's like Can I can't, I can't even slightly tell what's going on here. There's just way too many lines here. It's just a mess all the time, and I, I honestly can't tell what they're doing in that fight in those fights. I, I completely agree. I just generally assumed whatever one was doing, the other was doing the same. But I, yeah, I, it, I couldn't even mess. tell what they were doing. Like, I assumed it was just throwing Kamehamehas at each other. It's like, yeah, at one point, it's like, they talk about how she's using, like, a sword or something like that. So it's like, oh, I'll get my wand and do that. So I'm like, okay, so that's presumably what I'm looking at. But yeah, it's it's definitely a hot mess, to put it politely. Which is why I was surprised why some people online were like, yeah, the art's the best part. I'm like, nah, no, it's not. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say the art is bad as such. But it's like it's definitely a choice. Like this wasn't done through a lack of skill as such. It was. It's just oh, no, so no, messy and unreadable. Definitely defining moments for better or worse. And it like it ruins some of like the gags and the punchlines. Like there's one part where she doesn't want to punch someone. She wants to use like a a weapon. So she gets this this magic wand that she's been given, and she uses it like a baseball bat. And that's that's well, funny, that's and it fits the did. characters. Okay. That that's in one of the scenes. Yeah, and that's funny, and that's. That's to the character and stuff, but the art is so all over the place. Like, it's so messy that you really... I had to, like, reread and squint to see what the fuck she was actually doing in that scene. It's just, ugh. Like, I get they're trying to do, like, a crackling energy kind of thing. Magical energy, lasers, etc., etc. But, man, it's... There's too many lines. Too yeah. much noise on the screen. The, the one for me that stands out, and I only noticed this on the second read through, is that when she does her, like, some of her magical attacks, there's, like, love heart shading all that, because, you know, magical girls. And the first time I read, I just hadn't noticed it, because they just get completely lost in the mess of lines and shading. Yeah, it's just, I get what they were going for, but clarity is still important. And I, I get the idea that the entire style of the manga is meant to be, like, much harsher, because that's the joke. A magical girl is, like, fluffy, cutesy. Where she's this is this is Edge Lord to the max, yeah. Yeah, like, I get that's the joke, and I'm not shitting on it for that. It's it's actually quite funny in that way. But uh, there's a line, well, too many lines. But there's a line between like it being that's the point of the joke, and then just doing it so much that the joke becomes unreadable. And this does right, there, there's a line. line between this is the joke, and people do still have to read this at the end of the day and understand yeah. what's going on. It needs to be readable, which is another issue I have with this. Because at least it does balance out a bit, but at least in the first volume, so much fucking text. Oh, what happens, Mike, is because there are quite a few pages where there's no text, they're like, oh no, we've got a specific word count we have to hit. So let's <laughs> jam it all into five text bubbles on this page. It's like, there's so much text like, in some of these chapters. There are a couple of times where I'll allow it, mainly when the mascot characters are like explaining things because that's the joke, but they're just over-explaining this nonsense yes. that really is meaningless. But otherwise, yeah, characters will frequently say like, fucking sentences when they could have just done this in like one bubble it's like please stop please talk less yeah like you could have done one sentence but you chose a paragraph and it happens so much more in the second the first volume than the second because yes. the second volume is mostly just fighting as the second volume is mainly dealing with the fallout of the two lead magical girls fighting and then after a few chapters transitioning into the next the first possession fight as it were yeah and it's it's just so it became so tiresome to read and it's impressive how tiresome that became to read because the chapters in this are really short 
yes, it balances out a bit in, towards the end of volume two, but definitely in volume one, they're usually like 15 pages or less for a chapter. Yeah, like it, we read 22 chapters over the two volumes, and I would say a lot of those were less than 10, chap- 10 pages long, or like 10 pages max. Uh, not quite, but... It, like, I, it's what it, it felt, felt like, like anyway. It feels that way because you do get like a couple of pages of just action shots. Yeah, yes. Very hard to read action shots, yes. Yeah, but the point is, like, there's no text on them, so you just kind of go, oh, that's an yeah. action shot, neat. Yeah, it's just, it is weird how quickly you can fly through this. And because I, again, some more behind the scenes here. Sean was very rude to me yesterday when I told him I hadn't actually read this yet. And he was very rude to me. He was like, how dare you? You're, you're not going to live to see another day. You're, gonna, you're fired. And he said all ma- manner of rude things about me and my physical appearance he's very very shallow that sean but yeah anyway and then i was like fine i'll actually read it and then you know i didn't and then <laughs> so i started reading it this morning and yeah i got through this in like an hour hour and a half like did not i'm not a fast reader and that did not take me that long at all yeah so i carry on for a minute i'm just unsubscribing from twitch.tv slash carry on i i do nothing but insult you people how are you still subscribed <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think you like it. It's not the listeners that are the masochists here. <laughs> I'm starting to think you like it. Phil, go yeah. on. So I, I think it, it's definitely one you can fly through. Because it has a lot of text, but it also just becomes really apparent how irrelevant 90% of it is. Oh, it's all super irrelevant, and I get that's the joke. I was going to say, def- again, with the mascots, that's the whole point. Like, at one point, Mew gives their explanation for everything, and it's like, okay... Especially because you could just boil it down to monster hunt negative energy, therefore monster hunt the girl done full stop. Yes, <laughs> but no, yeah. it gives the whole explanation of everything, and then later on, as I say, the bad one who goes through several different names, but I'm going to call him Monchan, does their like, similar explanation, which I couldn't even pass because it's like trying to talk about how the the other girl became a magic girl. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking. To be well, to be fair, that one very clear because of how it's framed as well, and the fact it is just a dump of text. You go, I'm not supposed to care about this. It's there yeah. if I want to, but I can also skip it because it's apparently irrelevant. I get that. It would be nice to know how actually she became one, but the story just seems to be like, eh, something like this. You don't really need to know that. Just just go with it. It would be useful. It would be nice to know. Because yeah, like, it goes from giant angry monster eats the ba- eats the other girl to now she's a magical girl. Like, well, I suspect uh... that's what um, we're winding up to. because So the whole point is our second magical girl becomes a magical girl because one of these monsters that our lead is fighting turns up in a school, eats a bunch of people, including the second magical girl, but she wakes up and she is a magical girl, and the monster is now one of these little flying chibi mascot I, I thought the emphasis at first was that because they openly talk about, oh, these people are positive energy, so I'm just eating them to fill my stomach rather than to get off on negative energy, why ever they eat them, and then the thing I took was that she was such a beacon of positive energy that she overwhelmed the monster. But Yeah, I th- well, I think that's the thing. I think he was eating everyone because they had negative energy, but she was so overwhelmingly positive. She gave him indigestion, I think is what he says. And they're like, yep, that, that did it, I guess. We don't know. But then basically after you have like the two magical girls clashing, one of the girls from the school that the monster ate turns up but is possessed by the ghost form of the monster even though he's a mascot this manga specializes in just just go with it just, yeah just go with it well the point is the ending of volume two is we see a 
strange person and another evil mascot floating in the sky. I was going like, say, oh, the, yes. failed experiment. The third girl who gets possessed, I'm pretty sure it is a different monster to the one who's now symbiotically linked with Naka. But... It's not super clear, but sure, let's go with it. I thought the implication was it was the same because the mascot was like, that's a bit weird. What's going on no, here? No, I, I think he was just saying it's weird because it's similar to what happened to him. But uh, it, who, as I say, this thing is not a detailed oriented manga, so like people use magical powers then you know they need energy so let's go for the trope where they eat a bajillion tons of food in five seconds oh boy do they eat they and they do it in the most horny way possible like when (laughs) (laughs) when you when you constantly get when you get flashbacks to that scene of that we were just talking about where that monster ate all those girls in the uh in the school he Ate all of their top halves and left just their bottom halves on the floor with their underwear exposed. It's like, oh god, come on, guys! Yes, that's you passing art better than me. Then I didn't (laughs) that at all. It was like, oh god, right? Why? Why? Also, I feel by that point you should be like considering. I'm pretty sure, and this happens in like the final fight at one point. uh, Ko literally suplexes a girl, so she's now stuck in the ground, like with her, you know, ass hanging out and legs Mm akimbo, like that traditional pose. But then takes it one step further by just stomping on her crotch and like Jesus Christ, yes, ex- exposing her own underwear in the process. This is yeah. a, everything exposes her own underwear. Christ, yes. if if you get through five pages of this without seeing her pants, something's gone wrong. I, I forget what it. I, I've mentioned this before, and you guys, your guys' response was, "There's probably a million anime like that," and you're probably right. But there was an is an anime where that's the joke. Where the joke is her clothes get like destroyed in every episode. Um, yeah, that, that's most fan service shows. No, yeah, there's one in specific. It's like the Megas XLR jersey has to get leveled every episode. Yeah, like that. That's like the main joke, and it kind of strikes me as going for something like that, where it's like the joke is every opportunity, regardless of how unlikely it is, we have to show a panty shot. Like given like the the thinnest excuse, and that's the joke. Like it's it's fan service to the most logical extreme without actually being porn. I'd say it's it's not at the level of pan stocking. I feel panty and stocking still like is the king of just having the fuck it attitude towards that. But it's definitely like inspired by that. Just like sure, why not? I, I would say a lot of this is panty and stocking inspired. If not, they had the same sort of. I, I wouldn't go that far because this is inspired by magical girls, whereas panty and stocking is more inspired by western cartoons. Yeah, but I would still. I actually do think Pansy and Stocking is a magical girl cartoon with a slightly different angle to it. Like, okay. I would, I would not be surprised if these things didn't have the same sort of inspiration, because they are very, very comparable in a lot of fronts. Like with the attitudes that are ex- displayed as well, the juxtapositions. Ex- I just feel like this is more like someone watched a bunch of magical girl shows and was like, "What if I made a dark version of that?" And then they- also possible, yes, but and then it went a different way than say Madoka. So. I, I think that's a. I think that's pretty much how Panty and Stocking came about as well, but with a more... Um, <laughs> Again, Genedy... Panty and Stocking is a parody of Western stuff. Yes, but um, it's a Genedy Tartakovsky version of Magical Girls, I think, anyway. Now, I'm too stupid to get this reference, so you have to explain that one to me. Genedy Tartakovsky is the guy who made all of the uh, Hanna-Barbera-esque cartoons. Okay. Yogi Bear and that lot, right. Later than that, more like Samurai Jack, Powerpuff Girls, that sort of thing. Okay. That's what we were. But yeah, how about girls with Hanna Barbera? I think so. No, but like that—that that sort of style, that generation. That's that's what Mike's saying. Like the generational equivalent of Hanna Barbera. Yeah, 
Oh, okay. Not actually working for Hanna Barbera. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry. So like that that sort of like early two thousands Western cartoon. This is definitely a series that draws heavy inspirations from elsewhere. Yes, and I do see the inspirations, and I get it, and I enjoy it for what it is. But man, <laughs> it is a. I was going to say a tough read. That's not true. It's actually very easy to read. I didn't find it hard to read at any point. Yeah. I found it hard to pass. Yeah. It's very difficult to be like, I'm on board with this, you know? It's very difficult to be like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm going to see where... I want to see where this is going because... Until the end, it isn't really going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, the very nature of the way it's written is just like, this is directionless. Yeah, it starts out very monster of the week and then it's i wouldn't even go that far because the monster it's not like oh how will she beat this monster it's dead yeah like when one punch man does a better monster of the week thing than this does and the whole point this isn't like the monsters Uh, are an afterthought i would argue in this i was gonna say it's different to one punch man because in one punch man it's very much wait for saitama Yes, wait for Goku. Like, there is basically you have the whole episode going, this is why he can't be here, why he can't just solve it instantly. It's because <laughs> One Punch Man has one joke, and then the author realised about five chapters in that you can't just make a whole manga off one joke. Oh, you can. I mean... <laughs> this one does it. <laughs> no, I would argue this one figures out pretty quickly it needs to evolve, hence why the rival girl gets involved very yeah. quickly. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the difference. This doesn't go, oh, we need to wait for Kaio to appear. It's just no, monster appears, she kills it. That that was your fight for the week. Rest of it, yeah. we're going to have a smoking and beating up side characters. <laughs> friends, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as friends. First part of volume wise, yeah, basically just showing her like the psychopath that is KO before then. The back end of volume one and the start of volume two is introducing what do you think her name? Nako, the rival girl, and how they have a very long, long fight, which I thought was going to go for the bit of like they're actually having fun killing, kicking the shit out of each other. But no, it doesn't actually go down that. They do just hate each other. And then uh, transitions, obviously, as you say, after a couple of chapters, then into the final possession fight so at I the end. I don't know, because I feel like Kaio is enjoying the fight. That's sort of the whole point. She's like, finally, someone I can beat up and they don't just explode and they can fight back. Is, does do we go as far as to say that she is phytosexual? Yes. Nah. No. I think she's just venting anger more than anything. I mean, it's just it's a means to an end for her rather than actively seeking out stronger fights. I also don't. I mean, maybe I just missed it, but I don't. I didn't ever saw a reason why she's angry at everything. They don't give one. She rages against the machine because she rages against the machine. Like she just parental issues. There, there are, yeah, there are bits where there's clearly been some stuff with her friends and then some stuff with her family in the past, which you get the briefest of hints to in the, in a few kind of saline clarity moments, I guess, where which do very occasionally happen where she's not just hulking out. But yeah, for the main, it's just destroy everything. Yeah, weirdly, we get a lot more character development when she chooses to slow the fuck down and not just punch things. Well, yeah, that's because that's Weird, when you that. actually get an insight into her actual personality. Into what? Well, not okay, not her actual personality. That's a bad way of phrasing it. But into like behind the mask, so to speak. Yeah, uh, she does tend to respond to most well things with punching, and whether that be positive or negative things yeah. in general. But they do, they do show she's not a complete douche nozzle, so to speak. Like she does look out for her friends in that if you touch them, she'll kill you. She does say something pretty much to that effect. Yes. Yes. And then we even see at the end, like when she actually walks away from beating up Nako again. It's like, oh, look at that. 
I'm not going to say character moment, but you know, <laughs> has the sense to be like, you're going to have a moment with this now no longer possessed girl, so I'm just going to fuck off. To be fair, I do also love that her, 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 the first thing she says is a cuss. The first spoken word she has is just the cuss. Oh yeah, this yeah. this thing. If you're not into the way of thinking of you don't have to be you don't have to swear to be funny if that's your that's your mindset then this is not for you this thing's got a potty mouth i sure mango i don't think it's using that for comedy half a time i think it's just that's who she is more than anything exactly and that's the joke the what the one the joke i never get and this probably again because it's just more of a like yada yada it along is how multiple characters in fact most characters in this world seem perfectly happy with these mascot characters just Around to the point where they're like, oh yeah, that's that's uh it's my little brother. Ray, Mas- Ray Masanita, who's the guy friend we talked about, that's his little brother or little yeah. sister. Yes. Or when Monchan shows up at the rival Carol's household and all the parents are like, Yeah, have a meal. Like, oh, isn't that it's part of the family? And I'm like, What? <laughs> yeah, it's uh Surely. <laughs> yeah, everyone is just willing to roll with it. They're more surprised that they speak well speak and then speak japanese than they are the fact that they're fucking floating what? yeah um, See, i'd be like oh yeah it's just because you know you've got monsters running around magical girls but at one point they try and brush off the fight between our two magical girls by going there's some weird cosplayers flying in the sky beating each other up yeah and they try to cover up oh. the the event that creates the second magical girl they're like oh that was a that was an unfortunate explosion at the school it's yeah, like so they're full-on like, media spinning these things. It's like, what? So it's like, it can't actually be normality that people know about this, but they're just going, yeah, weird flying mascot things, probably your little brother. It's like, do you people know what humans look like? <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, I feel like that restaurant is run by a goblin. So <laughs> all I'm saying is that the person who run, owns that restaurant, like the head chef, doesn't look human. That's a bit rude. I, it's very much a, this, I feel this is a goblin character, but, so, I, I, so I mean, maybe I it's like a fantasy, maybe, maybe he, that's he, real. He just looked like a big muscly bald man with an eye patch, from what I remember. Nah, the way his face was built, because he has a very sharp nose, and he has, like, very much goblin-style eyes, I'm like, this feels like you're not human, but that could just be the emphasis joke again, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the one thing this manga does do ad nauseum is, uh, we are doing this thing very obviously, and that's the joke. And that feeds into the whole, um, the whole thing of, like, this is clearly my little brother, even though it's a tiny flying cat. <laughs> I think in that case where he's like, this is my little brother, and the man just just like, yeah, all right. He, he strikes me as one of those kind of characters where it's like, hey, I, I don't care what you're, what's going on with you. As long as <laughs> you get your job done, I'm cool with you. You want to yeah, wear sure. a pompadour like a weirdo? Sure. Live your best life, buddy. He does give a reason why he wears the pompadour. I just don't remember what that reason is. He's a cool guy. Wasn't it something like old school style? Because that's like what Yakuza-style kids or mafioso-style kids do. They wear pompadours. It's a bit weird, but sure. <laughs> that's what you want to go with. That's going to make you happy. And it does make him happy, so more power to him, I guess. He's just a bit of a weird character in general. Like, I don't understand his inclusion in the plot. Like, beyond the fact that we needed another character to be, be able to, to juxtapose off of this main character. But, like, beyond that, yeah, like, is he a comic relief character? Uh, not I especially. Mean, yeah. I mean, they're all comic characters. There's no... Like, the, the closest thing you get to, like, a straight man is the second magical girl that shows up. 
I think it's more that they need someone normal half the time around when the magical girl shit is happening so that, you know, she has someone to... Protect is the wrong word, but so there's someone else there. I, I mean, she does straight up protect him at one point because she's throwing him out of the way, yeah. But. Well, he at one point straight up goes to the I forget what if it was the possessed demon girl or if it was the other magical girl, and he's like, "Punch me in the fucking face! You won't do it. I, I don't believe I think you." It's the other magical girl because that's the first time we see uh, Ko get hit when she gets blasted in the back by Napa. Yeah, and then. And then there is a pretty funny moment of she's like, all right, and then like winds up to punch him in the face and probably just blow his head off. And he just has a moment of like, ooh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> or something to that effect. And it's funny. He is funny. But like he serves no purpose beyond that. Like, why are you here? Why are you not just living your life elsewhere? I mean, why have you just I decided mean, to be a simp for this girl? I mean, they have, the rival character has her equivalent, I guess, which is the TV presenter. And again, it's like, why are you... Because the mascots at one point are like, yeah, you can come along with us. I'm like, why? Girl adds nothing. <laughs> That's true. She just goes, this is mad! And I'm like, okay. She, she's going to be a magical girl. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Give it a volume or two. Yeah, I fully expect there to be a full-on justice, <laughs> justice League of Magical Girls eventually. Fully expect that to happen. But for the time being, we've got the two that we've got, and a plot is forming, I guess. Yes. <laughs> monsters can now like there's this other i don't know i'm not gonna say magical girl but this other female who apparently can get the uh atsunmo who are the villains to possess yeah. the monsters yeah. monsters demons yeah i mean yeah they do just look like generic demonic creatures. oh they're hella generic but that's again that's fine because they're not the focus so there yeah, there is one unique looking one and it's like this weird pig dog shadow monster thing. oh and yeah the dog thing shows up yeah like right near the beginning and that's it the rest of them just look like last panel burly yeah, yeah it, I mean, literally one why, panel yes when they last the panel why, why bother <laughs> making those designs like I, I get that but at the same time even like lucifer and the biscuit hammer tried to make them look unique you no, know? Right. did it <laughs> tried did it. look it's tried. a ball with four hands i've oh, pushing the boat out you you read far more into those designs than anyone else did because they're just <laughs> generic. Sure. Again, it kind of comes back to one punch man in a bit. Like, even though you know they're going to get beaten in one punch, yeah, they do all still get quite unique designs. The difference with one again, punch it's man kind again. of that. That is kind of the point. You're building them up. You're going, ah, oh, look at these big, powerful. Ah, oh, they're dead. Yeah, but again, I I do see the difference here because yeah. the difference here is. In One Punch Man, they stick around long enough to fight everyone else for a bit. Yes. And true. then they get one punched. Whereas in this one, it's literally one panel later, the dude is vapor because of how hard they've been hit. Yeah, so, I don't, I'm, I'm just thinking because I just remember that one skit in One Punch Man where it's like the mole people or something like that, I think it is. Oh, yes. when he's having his dream. Yeah, it turn, turns out he's having a dream. Yeah. But then when he wakes up, it starts for real, and he's like, oh man, here we go, and then, oh no, it's just over in one punch again. Yeah, because he hits one of them, and they're like, fuck that, and go back underground. Yes. And luckily, this series isn't that. They are going for a very different style of humour, though. Oh no, sure, but also, like, they can have fights where the enemy does not die after one punch. Yeah, because they're, they're not saying the one punch is the yeah. bit. And then they, they kind of also sidestep it in the final, in the possession fight, because that fight is less about Let's save this girl from being possessed. The more 
about uh, lead girl Ko beating the crap out of Nako because she wants to do that, but also at the same time being like, "What? How have you not killed it already? How are you so shit?" Because yep. not that was because it. out is... of nowhere. No, so, right. Go on. This is why I think the ghost is actually the one that ate her and is now the mascot because that's why she's afraid of it. She sees yeah. the ghost like, "Wait, that thing ate me." She's shit. See, I assume that's just because she has a vague memory of that and it looks similar. Yeah. But yeah, she's out of nowhere now shit scared of this thing. And I'm like, what? I don't think it's out of nowhere. Like, you do At see. No it, point in up until that point has she showed any fear of these things outside of, you know, when it was okay. about to eat. No, she's not shown any fear of the monsters, but she's shown trauma related to when she got eaten when she was showering, because of course. Of course. I just felt like the reaction. After you've gone toe to toe with KO for like half, <laughs> essentially half an hour, it felt like that. I feel you. Well, I suppose that's that. the difference, isn't it? Like she's fought KO no problem, so to speak. Like you know, she's gone toe to toe with her. Whereas this thing just picked her up, and she doesn't really remember because, as far as she's concerned, she got shoved in its mouth and then woke up as a magical girl. But the implication being, she got bit in half, I guess. Yeah. It, it just to me, it fell out of character for. Especially the extent. Uh, yeah, I think that's more of a symptom of the fact that they haven't really established that this thing's going for a plot by this point. And so by that point, it's literally just people punching each other with magical powers. And then they're like, wait, no, there's a backstory. There's, there's <laughs> some sort of thing going on here. And you're like, wow, that, that didn't land at all because that's not what we've been reading until now. So I think it's a symptom of that that causes that, that feel so I feel, disconnected. I feel, again, what I complained about earlier about the don't really make it crystal clear how Nako became a mad became Maguka. Well I think that's one of the big things, is it isn't it? It's like sort of we still don't really know that. Sure, but I feel that's the detriment of this scene where she's now yeah, afraid yes, of something yes, that we've not really had explained as readers. I I'm concerned that for going forward they would either explain You're concerned nothing. that there's gonna be a plot. I Yes. But also that I know you. I, I'd be concerned that they would explain everything in incorrect proportions. So they would like text dump, and then like in such a way that's like, okay, I'm not supposed to care about this because well, that's the job. All the actual important bits you need. To yeah, know. it's got all the important shit, and then that's going to make everything feel disjointed afterwards because they're never going to explain it again. <laughs> so it's like that's that's concerning. As far as and if they want to do an actual plot, that's fine. But they need to have an actual story if they're going to do that. And I don't know if this thing is capable of doing that with what they've started with. It's a yeah, it's a gamble. I feel, it can, I feel there is a story to be. Again, I feel that's why it's starting to move forward. But yeah, it's going to be tricky to balance that because this is a very this is comedy first, and it you have to be careful when you're doing a story for those that it doesn't either transition or just not gel well. Yeah, like, I, I know there's a lot of comedies out there that, in their later seasons... We, we've made Mike read them, in fact. <laughs> yes, but there's, there's a lot of comedies out there that, in their later seasons or in their later issues, it kind of just abandons the funny and just starts to go more serious. It's like, um, there's a yeah. couple I can think of, like, Disenchanted was one of them, Final Space, for what we got you of that, was one of them. was funny? Uh, no, but at first it was clearly comedy-focused, and then... Okay, right. It wasn't unfunny at the start. It was yeah. bad. Yeah, the matter of opinion. Point is, it was comedy focused at first, and then toward the end of it, it's just like, no, this is just a hyper serious plot now, which is not the same thing. 
And if you want to start, if you want to do a comedy series, it needs to remain funny throughout, even if you do want to inject some more serious themes into it. Like, I feel like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, excellent job of that. It starts out funny, it ends funny, but it addresses some, like, pretty serious things in the middle. Has some, like, pretty heavy topics. You know, police brutality specifically. Yeah, all of that stuff. They They do it really, really well, but it remains funny. I'm not confident that this could pull that off. It really does feel like it's a binary switch for this, whether it's funny or got a story. Because the times that it tries to inject plot and story into these first two volumes, it doesn't land, like, at all. It feels off. It feels wrong. It feels forced. And that's... Uh, that's disconcerting for the well, future. Well, it's also because part of the time, like, whenever it does that, it's more that that's the joke, that these characters are yeah. explaining things, and you're like, ha, 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 okay, so I don't really need to pass this. And then, yeah, as we said, towards the end of volume two, you're like, oh, I actually... Uh-oh. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, you were serious. <laughs> like, yeah. That's... It's a problem for the longevity of this. Having said that, there is a lot of manga out there that start very different in their first two volumes to where they end. Bleach, fine example. First two volumes are wildly different to the rest of the story. I love how often we come back to shitting on Bleach. And I do mean shitting on. First two volumes are about preserving the balance. And the last two volumes are about preserving the balance. First two volumes are about boy sorting out ghost stories. To preserve the balance, yes. <laughs> Last two volumes are about Kamehameha laser fights. Beating the Quincy's to preserve the balance, yes. Well, there's, pro- there's probably only one or two of those, that'd be easy. Yeah. No, that joke's <laughs> ending. After this century of episodes, that joke's ending. <laughs> uh, that, no, surely the century starts from the Bleach episode, so we've got no, like another... No, uh... no, no, as the editor, no it doesn't. <laughs> You're very optimistic about this. <laughs> All I'm saying is when the Quincy jokes vanish after 100, you'll, you'll know why. <laughs> Things that didn't make the edit 2025 is just going to be wall-to-wall <laughs> Quincy jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's, I do worry about the longevity of this manga a lot. You can do transitions when it's set up well, see Madoka. You as, can. As, I was going to say, like the more direct comparison here is Madoka with its... Yeah, like I have not... I've not Triad read or watched Madoka, but I know what happens. It, it was anime first, so you'd be watching. Yeah, well, I've yeah. not watched it, but I know what happens. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I was very much like, I think I watched the first episode. It might have been like, I don't know, the oldie anime society that we all that. And I was like, this looks like a generic, boring, cutesy, magical girl show. And then, you know, yeah, people went, talked about it. So many years later, I went back and it makes sense, but it's, this isn't a review of Madoka, so I'll give this but It makes sense why they do it, but in the moment, it, the first time around, you're like, this is boring shit. I think that's the thing. If you're not interested in magical girl shows, like Madoka doesn't give you a reason to keep going. There, there are hints that make sense in hindsight, but in the moment of watching the first three episodes, you can so pick it yeah, up. Yeah, it, it also depends a little, because I know back then in particular, you sort of had a one-episode policy. I, I, it was because I was watching the first episode of everything. Uh, yeah, yes, season. I know, I know why. And you know, I've got things to do yeah. with my life. <laughs> Whereas, uh, for example, I have a three-episode policy for anime. So you're, I, you're smart, I hit, me. I hit. I mean, no, transition. Mike, you have a no-episode policy for anime. No, that's not true. When I do watch anime, I watch five. Five, five's not a bad shout either. Yeah, but it is. When I mean, it is when it's terrible. Strike the blood. It, <laughs> it is, but also you're talking forty minutes extra. To my like three episode policy. Sure, sure. Like, yeah, yes, it, it is extra you're watching, but also if those two episodes convince you to try more, then. Eh. Nah, if it takes that long, it's shit. <laughs> so, I, I mean, again, I, 
part of it comes down to the Madoka to me is an exception, not a oh that disproves my entire argument. I mean, I, I suppose that in some regards, I'm surprised this doesn't have an adaptation. Give it time. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. I don't know. We're past like the initial sweet spot of when you get. I mean, an adaptation, I think the thing so. that surprised me was when I was looking. It's got eleven or twelve volumes now. Yeah, eleven. You can buy eleven volumes over here. Volume twelve is out in Japan and comes out over here next year. And like, yeah, obviously we're starting to see some semblance of a plot, but also. I, th- I think it kind of runs up against like the way of the house husband issue. It's like, at what point is the joke just run its course? I mean, I would yes. say this has more going for it plot wise than way of the house. Yes, husband. yes. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's definitely trying to seed a ongoing plot, but it's also like, at what point do you just go, yes, angry magical girl beats everything and everyone up? Why, why I mean, should look, I one, one Punch Man's been going for donkey's years, so you know, what do we know? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's very much the same issue, and it needs to diversify, which is what One Punch Man did. And in fairness, it is hard for me and Mike to comment on that, having only read like because we have no real semblance of how this will be when it's trying to do a plot. Yeah, we've got really no idea what they're planning for this, but it does look like they're trying to step into that more plot-driven and diversification of characters. Say, like the impression I got was they were trying to do the stereotypical magical girl thing, where it's like the big bad monsters actually have. A bigger, badder mastermind behind them. Humans um, were the real monsters all along. Uh, <laughs> yes, potentially. <laughs> ah, it's one of those. Okay. The Futurama joke of, I've combined every evil creature known to man, like known. And then the thing walks out. Turns out it's man. <laughs> yes, that thing. I guess. Yes. Yeah, I think the only other real thing I had of note was uh this is something i like just as part of the way again of this being so cavalier towards fan service like there's the scene where the rival girl is showering and the mascot character walks in and they just continue going about the business there's no kya pervert slap i mean i do i do appreciate that just because it's overdone because it's so yeah it's so overdone i'm so used to it so i was like yeah all right it, but i it's... mean i do but i also vaguely recall that just i know you say it has a very cavalier attitude to fan service but it really was just like yes now we see her showering now we're going to emphasizing her putting on her. Oh yeah, no, sure. Like underwear those and... two chapters are like more fan service oriented. That she takes a shower in that one, and then the next chapter is the lead girl in a jacuzzi. Yes, yes. Spread so that's that's when it goes yeah. more from cavalier to titillation. Sure, but I was just happy that you know she she could be around someone and it didn't just evolve into you pervert Kia having said that ten quintillion times. Yeah, no, that's annoying, but it is almost like. They removed that because that's not the style they're going for, but then they forgot to put in another joke because they just carry on as if nothing's I mean, the, happened. The joke is that she's then like, yeah, let's go, while she's just in brown panties and it's like, that you have yes. to put on some clothes, dear. Yeah, like, uh, not all of the jokes land in this, but I think enough do that you actually can consider, or at least I can consider this funny. And if Mike finds something funny, then damn. <laughs> is that... Is that a good thing or a savage insult that you just well, said? <laughs> That's for listeners to decide. <laughs> oh, no. Boys, but we've read a lot of comedy series and a lot of the time you're like, this is shit. That's Whereas true. This is a comedy series and you're like, yeah. And that we've, I've, I've liked a few of the comedy things, not that I can think of anything off the top That's of my head. That's the point. You've liked a few. Yeah. <laughs> but we've like, done more than a few. I can recognise when something's okay, funny. Okay. But how many of you have done that weren't rom-coms? <laughs> that does. Uh, contribute I don't know, a Phil, bit, how yeah. many manga do you read that aren't rom-coms or isekai? 
I, I don't know, Sean. I read a lot of manga. We read Grand Blue Dreaming. That was Wait, a comedy. Phil, you read uh, a lot of errors. Allegedly. Mm. Definitively. I mean, for all you know, I read exactly one more than what we've recorded. <laughs> it just needs to stay one lesson ahead of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm very much done with. This. I, I have, I have, I've finished. <laughs> I, that was my last point. Of I, I feel like I'm amazed we went this long. To be yeah, honest. this is yet another series where it's like, how do you talk about this for an hour plus? And we, we're able to do it because we're just so goddamn good at what we do. Goddamn I mean, no, pros. it's because we've we've spent times talking about things that will no doubt be cut, like One Punch Man and <laughs> uh, tangenting on anime. Shit on Bleach again, yeah. But the thing is. This this manga is both good and bad for one reason, and that reason is it's got one joke. And that joke is very consistent and is very central to the whole experience. But that doesn't really aid very well to deconstruction and explanation, because ultimately you can say this is a combination of Magical Girl being angry and also One Punch Man. <laughs> Can you call my issue here is can you call it magical girl? Yes, yes. Like, I, I could have established magical girls. Like yes, I understand there is very clearly magical girls present in this, but ironic magical girl is still magical girl. Yeah, like if we're gonna die on the hill of Pantheon stocking is magical girl, this is definitely magical girl. No, again, I'm not disputing the <laughs> genre. It's just. This is this is like you and Isekai again. We're like, no, it's not carbon cut no, I, definition. I, I, therefore, I think I understand what Phil's saying, and correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, like the the traditional magical girl has a certain like manga has a certain theme, a certain style, a certain like message, sort of. Whereas no, this definitely doesn't I'd have say that. That's very that's very dismissive of the genre. I'd say genre can be a wide range. Like Madoka isn't a traditional magical girl series, but it's still a magical girl series. I definitely think this is a magical girl series. I don't yeah. know. I'd say Madoka's quite traditional in a lot of ways. Yeah, I wouldn't after it gets past its initial bit. It's got a Sailor Moon transformation sequence, therefore. It's all about <laughs> friendship and helping your friends and friendly friends, friend, friend, friends. And so does Ko in this. Uh, no. Ko really. stops them dying. You know uh, what? No, I'm, I'm with Sean on this one. It, it's, the thing with this is I never see the reason why Ko needs her magical girl abilities because they do nothing they amplify what she has already and it do gives they? her magical laser beam powers which she doesn't use yeah i mean she does occasionally about the only thing we ever really see her use is she uses it to fly as we find out with the one gag of like oh we didn't bother telling you you could fly when you could transform because we just assumed you could already ah uh, yeah the because... thing is we never actually see her fight an enemy without powers like with free magical girl powers so there's no real uh, There's no real standard for that, but uh, my assumption was. I guess, but my, she my assumption had. is we also see her fighting non-transformed, which I would assume is just base KO. Nah, I always assumed that she was amplified by because they're saying she's using her powers without transforming. So yeah, but it's unclear if they're saying that because like, wow, you must be doing that. Nah, I'm just punching people, or if it's actually what they're doing. Who knows? Who cares? Like that's. Uh... <laughs> Who cares? Yep, that, that's pretty much what it comes down to, isn't it? So in that case, we will move to, for the 99th time, our conclusions of whether we would read more, whether we would buy it, and whether we would watch it if it got adapted, or in Phil's case, if he would buy, if he would watch, and if he would recommend this to people after Magical Girl or 
comedy or parody, etc. So let's start with Mike. Oh boy, me. Would you read more? Would you buy it? Would you watch it if it got adapted? Uh, this is a tough one for me to actually conclude on because I didn't dislike it at all. I actually quite enjoyed this. I totally 100% understand why this was a recommendation from a viewer, debauchery aside, because it is funny and there is definitely some skill behind it and they clearly know what they're going for and they achieve that. But I'm just wondering, like, for the long term, I'm so concerned with how this would go, given we're not really given a lot to hook onto in two volumes worth. And like, I've said this on many other ones, two volumes is a long fucking time to just not have a plot. And then you compare it with the, frankly, eye-straining art on occasion. The fact that it's funny, but it's not, like, hilarious. A juxtaposition can only take you so far. And eventually you need to be able to diversify from that. And there are signs of it diversifying, but I'm just not hooked into this. I thought it was funny. I thought it was good. If you care about my recommendation at all, I reckon if anything you've heard on this podcast sounds like a good time to you, you'll probably enjoy it a lot. But this is not, this is probably the closest I would have come to being a convert to the magical girl genre. And I don't think this is for me. Because it just doesn't really have anything that keeps you here long term. But that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I did. I would actually, with that in mind, I would actually probably watch this as an anime if it ever did get adapted. Because I can imagine a lot of these scenes would just look much better if it was moving. Like the messy art in the action scenes, that would be cleared right up immediately. Even if it was the exact same style, just the fact that it was moving would like give way more definition. I reckon the 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 jokes that they go for would actually work way better in an animation. Something which is like moving for you and you don't have to like sit and strain your eyes trying to read these paragraphs of text. So yeah, I reckon animation or animated in general would actually do this quite well, assuming they didn't, of course, go for the whole single frame every ten minute style of animation. But will I read it? No. No. And I also wouldn't, like, sign up to a service to make sure that I got this one. Like, this would not drive me to putting down money on a service specifically. Like, even if I was to watch an anime of it, I would need to already be subscribed to that service. And then I would just watch it because it was there. Because so I can see the benefits in this. But uh, I guess, on balance, this is a no overall. But I'd watch the, uh, I'd watch the anime, sure. It could be fun. What a goddamn son there. Oh, it's yes. great. It's funny. It's brilliant. But no. Hate it. <laughs> Classic bike. Bubba <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'm similarly, I'm in two minds. In some regards, it is just very much one note, but also I don't mind series committing to the bit if they can pull that off. I like the, I mean, I like the Lee character being psychotic. It is a nice juxtaposition from so much else in the genre and medium as a whole. And I don't dislike most of the rest of the human characters. I feel that even if they don't necessarily have the most narrative purpose for being there, they're generally used to fuel good jokes. And I like the rival character and her. I could see her interactions with KO being interesting going forward. And maybe if this other female character, the other fellow schoolgirl, if they decide to do something with her afterwards, then maybe there's more potential there. I feel there's a lot of interesting juxtapositions to be had as characters interact with a psychotic magical girl as opposed to 
love, friendship, harmony, etc. <laughs> its jokes do well, though, um, as can the dialogue, as we've highlighted ad nauseum when they decide to jam it all onto a couple of pages in a chapter. The art, yeah. So as I said, a lot of people online seem to find that this is one of the most best elements. I'm not a big fan. I think the best thing it does is it kind of it doesn't go for standard square panel layouts and everything. It does do a lot of like variety, like dynamic page formats and layouts, but that also means it's harder to pass, which combined with the heavy shading and emphasis on a lot of shots, especially in combat, it just becomes a mess at a lot of times. Not always. Some of the time it looks nice. And it could just be because I'm reading this on the computer as opposed to a printed book, but I, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I, don't, I struggle to see why that gets the most compliments. It has has nice panels when you take them out of context of the manga, but when you're trying to read them as part of a coherent whole, yeah, not not so much. So, oof, I, I don't know. And as I've said, the fan service in this one doesn't bother me because it's a lot of the time it's just cavalier about it rather than titillation. So, as someone who likes panty and stocking regard about, if that's the path you go down, I'd much rather that for fan service than, oh no, my clothes are falling off. Kia. So, I'm not going to go out of my way to invest in this, but I wouldn't rule out reading more of it if someone was like oh you've got to check out the rest of it or someone like loaned me the volumes i wouldn't say no to reading this so maybe i'll pick up a couple of volumes someday just to see how it does when it's trying to be more narrative focused going forward because that'll be the make or break i assume volume three in many ways would be the make or break of this like can it handle having a narrative or does it just fall apart and be unable to do both comedy and story at the same time so that's probably the make or break, so maybe I'll check that at some point. Maybe I'll watch it if it got adapted. Like, Mike, I feel that would definitely help it. Like, colour and movement would definitely make a lot of stuff more easier to pass, and you could also do some fun stuff with the... Um, that kind of style can... Like, that heavy emphasis shaded style can also translate well at times to, to anime format. So, maybe. Uh, that's an awful lot of maybes. I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm also not rushing... I'm not rushing out to my local shop right now to go buy volumes of it, so... Maybe if next time I'm doing three for two and I need another manga, I'll pick up one of this and see what it turns into. So, say it's, it's a strong maybe, but it's a maybe all the same. So we'll now transition to Phil, who has read more of this outside the show. So would you buy it? Would you watch it if it got adapted? And would you recommend this to others? Uh, I think sort of similar to you guys. I'm in no rush to purchase any of this it's so it's a little bit kind of way the house husbandy where it sort of said like it's got the joke it executes that joke really well how long it lives off that and it does to be fair to this unlike way the house husband it is trying to introduce more of a ongoing plot it feels like at least so it's hard to say for definite yes i would stump up fork out money for the currently 11 12 volumes of this i would however definitely check out an anime similar to what you guys have said i feel it would just make it a lot easier to follow what's going on the art definitely seems to be dragging it down a little bit in the action scenes in particular just sort of really messy in terms of recommending uh, again it's a tough one I feel if someone was looking for a magical girl show, they're looking usually for a traditional-esque magical girl show. They want the card caps, the Sailor Moons, the Pretty Cures, the Symphagears, and all of them. Not 
necessarily. Do I think of Symphogear as a magical girl show? Oh, that's interesting. I, you don't? I don't know. Now you've said it, I'd have to think on that one. All I'm saying is Google tells me it's a magical girl show. <laughs> From the little I've seen of it, I would say it's a magical girl show. Oh, yeah, I agree. And my, yeah, Mike, our uh, resident magical girl expert, agrees. Mm-hmm. So General general manga expert, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like Symphogear was an anime, not a manga. Uh considering half of its gimmick is it's about singing which is a bit hard to do in manga they they try it a lot <laughs> lest we forget oshinoko i don't think uh, a lot of that no. was about singing i was gonna say <laughs> bit of a difference <laughs> also masterpiece carry on phil <laughs> <laughs> like yeah if someone was like i really want a magical girl series can you recommend anything i'm probably going to recommend some of the other classics like unless i run through all the things I can think of that I've watched. I mean, in fairness, for yeah, for Magical Girls, you're less likely to recommend a parody of it unless you know they're a big fan of the genre. Because I feel if you've not seen any Magical Girl shows, a lot of this won't necessarily land. Yeah, that's also true. But again, it's also if someone is a massive fan of the genre, it's kind of they're probably just wanting more traditional Magical Girl series. So again, I'm probably more inclined to recommend them. I might kind of throw this in as just like a little. You could also check this out if you want something a bit unusual, a bit off the traditional beaten path. But yeah, I would sooner recommend anything else. Uh, okay, not anything else, but... There are limits. There, there are limits. I wouldn't recommend... I actually can't think of anything off the top of my head, but... Clear card. I wouldn't recommend the second arc of Card Captor. No, I've, I've actually not seen it. Still mean to. But... Don't. Don't. I wouldn't recommend Redo of a Healer. Just in general, I wouldn't. Not a magical girl show. What are you on about? He transforms. He transforms <laughs> he one inch taller. <laughs> and adds a letter to his name, yeah. <laughs> but he's not a girl. Yet. You can have magical boys. They exist. That's true. We're talking about magical girls, not magical boys, Sean. Uh, okay, now that's We're talking just... Sailor Moon, not Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> just sexist right there. Uh, it's right there in the genre title. I'm, my hands are tied on this matter, Sean. Inky. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's probably one of them out there as well, yes. Yeah, Loveless. Um, <laughs> it's Loveless and much. Oh. <laughs> this, this is what you've done now by opening the doors by saying, oh yeah, Killer Kill's a magical girl yeah. show, and now look what you've done. <laughs> oh, there must be like someone who's just like super into magical girl series that has done this, just gone through a bunch of series like, is it a magical girl series? Yes, no. Or put it on some sort of scale or something. Oh. I mean, here, here's one for you, Phil. Is Rent a Girlfriend a Magical Girl show? Because it's time for the Rent a Girlfriend update corner. I don't, I don't know. They played Twister. Have we done no, that we've one? Done that one. Did that one. Uh, they bought a TV. Oh wow! Okay, that's uh, exciting. What are they what are they using that TV for? Yes. Sounds Got great. It. Awesome. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm starting to think this uh, this bit is also wearing thin. <laughs> no, no, it's got at least four months left in it, yeah. <laughs> it's not updated since we last recorded. There's no update to give. So you'll have to get more original, Phil. You'll have to write your own chapters. <laughs> I mean, why oh, not? Can't do any worse. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, if you want, can't do any worse. Twitch.tv slash Bezekra. Hey, don't, I, don't do don't do my good buddy Mike like that. That I, that's not fair. <laughs> I should be insulted, but really I'm into it. 
Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash berserkra, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R, for gaming content. And find me on socials at the same name. And sometimes I'm better than Rent-A-Girlfriend. <laughs> Get on there, give him a follow, give him a subscribe. Probably not streaming right now at this time of year, but... Uh... No, I'll be around. Um, yeah, yeah. This episode comes out on like the 23rd. Yes. I'll be around. Oh, maybe, 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 you'll, maybe you'll get to catch a mic. Maybe you'll catch a rare Christmas mic. But, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you can follow me at Slazo King on the Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast or at Trash Manga Friends on the other social medias. There's a card link in our description, which will link you to all of those. And you can subscribe to us via Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. Tune in. Get on there. Like, rate, review, comment, tell your friends. Actually, no, yeah, especially comment because maybe in the future, maybe it'll be one of your favorite series that you wanted us to cover that we're talking about on this show. Maybe, I mean, hey, you got to hear Mike being relatively nice to your series for once. So, you know, I feel that's the greatest gift you could get in some ways. But Don't get used to this. I was gonna say, like, don't don't expect it. Like, I just warn you now. Be prepared that if you do recommend us something to cover, it may get absolutely shattered. <laughs> but that that brings this now to a close. So as quickly as that, another year rolls to a close. This is of course our last episode of 2023. So we all hope you have a very merry Christmas, a fantabulous New Year, and we'll see you back bright and early for our first episode of 2024 as we celebrate. 100 episodes of Trash Manga Friends with one legendary manga, the manga, the icon, the most successful series of all time. So thanks for listening and join us next time for a super special episode as we discuss One Piece.